Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to another edition of Supercoach Edge, and uh, well, I guess there's only one thing that needs to be spoken about from the top of the show, <laughs> and that's paying homage to the pig, the myth, the legend himself, Clary Oliver. Fancy delivering 176 after scoring 200-plus twice against the Crows previously. He really does prove that Lightning can indeed strike three times. I mean, this is the sort of stuff, Liam, that we're going to be telling our grandkids as they select their first Supercoach teams Crazy, crazy stuff. And I imagine mm. you enjoyed piggybacking Oliver to the moon as much as me. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I, I remember like messaging you. I think it was at like quarter time being like, he's on he's on 60 or something. And then it was like half time, like he's on 120 or whatever. I don't know what yeah. it was, but it was it was massive. And like, he's going to do it. He's going to get to 200 again. So I'm actually, you know what? I'm a bit disappointed. Um, 176, good. Yeah. Should have been 200. Um, yeah. No, massive, massive scores. And yeah, we're going to be like, uh, going to be like old people. Like, I remember when Clary <laughs> Oliver scored 202 times in a row. The glory yeah. days. The days when, uh, when we Back used, to wear, right? <laughs> used to wear an onion on my belt. <laughs> Which was the style at the time. And in those days, Nichols had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. No, where were we? <laughs> but yeah, we were both there, like checking out the scores, going back and forth, cracking the whip on the back of Piggy Oliver, like get up and he's as he was rocketing <laughs> to the moon. What a ripper! <laughs> uh, it was good. Well, it was uh, fair to say a nice round for both of us for once, and yep. uh, doubly so for you, as uh, as we find out why, as we go to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, yes, 
Uh, fair to say that uh, as to the reason as to why you had such a good good week twice over Liam is evident in the fact that I'm going first in this segment, which mm. means that you did come out on top over me uh, victorious. Nice. So uh, congratulations. You. And I, I told you, I told you it was going to happen and uh, I didn't know it was going to happen so quickly, but it, it has. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe maybe Nank and, uh, and Blitzarves, the, uh, the pod... Ruck facelift that you uh, that you had the other week is uh, is paying dividends. Hopefully, hopefully it continues. Yes, <laughs> takes you to the moon. Well, uh, in terms of the score this week, uh, quite happy because uh, it was my highest overall score to date for the season, and it was two thousand six hundred and ten. So, um, just absolutely stoked that my primos put in a solid week altogether. So, no audios, no days off, all together now. <laughs> It was, uh, it was, it was massive. So the only chink though in my armor was, uh, winning all but one. It always happens all but one mm. of my head to head matches, which was in, of course, had to be my own cash league, uh, as luck would have it. So I ended up coming up short to my opponent in my league because they scored a whopping 2,731. <laughs> insane. So rough. at least I, I had no chance, no chance. Yeah. But still rough. Yeah, yeah, rough. still rough, absolute rough. Um, but all in all, super happy with my performance. That that aside, mm. I mean, you can't you can't win them all. You can't have a clean sweep, and you know, I mean, if you do, then you're you're just having a blinder. But uh, not to be, so that's not too bad there. So bigger picture stuff, looking good. But overall ranking, that is part of the bigger picture stuff, and I am now ranked four thousand seventy ninth overall, mm. and we can both both compare this land because uh, we did a bit of comparison off air with regards to how much ground we've made up over the weeks. And I have now officially cut my ranking down by 10,000 spots since round 10. 10 and 10. Yeah, nice. Yes. So uh, hoping you can only continue from here as uh, the ultimate aim at this stage is to at least try and make the top 1K or the, what do they call it? The, uh, is it 1100th? Is that when you get the socks and the KFC? Yeah, I think it's 1100th. Yeah, or something along that line. So hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I have to double check that. But that, regardless, that's um, that's sort of the yeah. What, what I'm hoping to, to achieve the goal, the the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the trades on the weekend. So I traded up. Oh, sorry, traded in uh, or traded out Jeffrey to Baker, Liam Baker, which yep. uh, which was the pod that we were both looking at, and it uh, looked dire early on. Uh, but thankfully, he was given more time in the midfield and produced a handy 90 and kicked a couple of snags as well, which was good. And probably helped as well by Dusty going off um, due to hamstring awareness. They became aware of the fact that he's got two hamstrings, which uh, I know it's strange, but um, thankfully he went off because of it. Um, but outside of Baker, um, we were both kind of looking at different pods. So we want to sort of mix it up and not, not go too out there, you know, by mm. bringing in the likes of, a, you know, a, I don't know, someone that just pops into my head, like a, a Jed Buse, for example. You wouldn't be going for blokes <laughs> like that, would you? Um, so like a pod that's produced a bit of a score across the journey. So um, Baker is one of those, and uh, he scored quite well since, I think it was about round nine, uh, where he was switched into um, Jaden Short's role off halfback. Mm. And um, yes, he was, he was one who was handy to come in. Outside of him, though, we both were yeah. looking at different options, yeah. and... I was looking at Timmy Taranto as a particular mm. option and I thought coming off his injury, he had some back issues and I know like uh, back-related injuries are hard to heal and I thought probably too much of a risk. Value option, um, 
low sort of 400K. He was sort of my other play. Ended up performing quite well as well. Um, so I would have done all right there had I gone down that route. But um, outside of that, my other play was potentially trading Hobbs to Libba. And uh, I was kind of kicking myself um, seeing that first game where Libba absolutely tore it to shreds. Um, but if I went down that route, it would have left me with no bench cover, which at this mm. stage of the game, this stage of the season, value highly with so few trades in hand. So see how it pans out. could be a sliding doors moment, but I think having that cover on the bench, especially Hobbs as a DPP player across midfield and forward, should um, keep me sort of in good stead, good stead if injuries do strike. So hopefully, knock on wood, that they don't. But other trade which funded that trade was Weir to uh, D'Ambrosio. Massimo D'Ambrosio. What a name. Um, so whilst I didn't necessarily – Oh, what a player. Exactly. Played very, very well. Scored 80-odd thereabouts from memory. Yeah, 80-odd, yeah. yeah. Really good, really good game. So um, you'd think off the back of that he should keep his spot – uh, you reckon? Hopefully? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't. Yeah. You can't. Don't doubt it. You get 100% kicking efficiency. 100%. Efficiency. 100%. 20, wow. 21, I want to say, or 22 disposals at 100%. Wow. Mm. Jesus. Well, he's definitely keeping his spot because I'm going to make a guess and say that's something that Essendon's lacking of late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's I just even a know that bob. disposal efficiency is went that high. <laughs> very good very I good i thought it was like 20 percent. that's that's yeah that's normally yeah. Good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah that's that's great that's perfect um the 20 percent is the new 100 percent. haven't you heard um oh, yeah. so yeah so with that trade i didn't necessarily want to trade out uh weir mm. uh particularly because he did still have cash to make mm. but um yes goes without saying it was obviously impressed with d'ambrosio's performance first up and uh should keep his spot so will be handy cover at least in defense Moving on to the good, two words, Piggy Oliver, oink, oink. So to score 200 plus games against the Crows is stuff of legends, as I said. So to almost come close to doing it a third time is just pure insanity. So um, tip of the cap or tip of the beanie in my case, and I'm wearing it at the moment, to you, the old pig. And um, in the bad, Jack Crisp takes the honours here after delivering a 79 off the back of an 80 last week. It could have, um, I guess, been much worse as he faced actually a score of 50-odd early in the fourth quarter, but salvaged himself with a late flurry of scoring to produce a score that flatters, I think, his overall performance. So you can't trick me, Crispy. So um, just pull your head in just a smidge and um, just regain that uh, that nice scoring. So hopefully just give you a little bit of a rocket there. But uh, moving on to the ugly, and this guy is short and ugly because it is Jaden Short. Uh, not short of stature, but short of form short of good form, and he finds himself in this category yet again. And just to keep these uh, these puns rolling, Liam, my patience is wearing short, and I am becoming very short-tempered with him. Whole shebang. So if I could afford to use a luxury trade, <laughs> I could say you're not impressed. All right, I'll stop. Um, but if I could afford to use a luxury trade, he would most definitely be on the block. Just not good enough. Not good enough. So over to you, Liam. Over to you. How'd you go? How'd you go this week? Pretty well, pretty well, pretty happy. Yep. Scored this high score. I obviously came up, uh, came up on top, which was nice. Nice change for once. Um, with the high score for the season for myself, uh, with two thousand six hundred and fifteen, so it was a close one, just the five points. And scaling didn't get me, thankfully. For once, uh, for once, which we thought <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a nervous wait. 
uh, after that Fremantle game. Uh, but it was nice to have a full team of, I guess, somewhat primos. I don't call all of my team primos. Uh, but it was nice to have, have you know, just a full team, not having to, you know, have a number of them that just sit on the pine while they're, uh, while they're injured. Uh, and just, just actually performing together, which was also nice, as you said. No, no RDOs uh, this yeah, weekend. for once. <sighs> Thankfully. Uh, and I actually managed wins in all of my head-to-head matches this oh, week, wow. which was a nice little side to it as well. Uh, onto the overall ranking, quickly. I've um, come up into 15,146th overall. Uh, just to go along with sort of your stats, since round 10, I've brought it in a smidge under 14K spots. And actually, I just had a quick look just, just while we were recording now. I've actually come up 9.5K spots since round 13. Wow. Jesus. So almost 10K in what, one, two, three, four, four rounds. So hopefully... Hopefully I can just continue that. Hopefully. I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. You know, you're, you're, you're the John Wick. And you know, you know what he says? People keep asking if I'm back and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> that is you at the moment. Hopefully. Hopefully I can just... Reclaiming want, that, that hot form. If I can finish top, I don't know, where am I now? 15. If I can finish top 10K, which I think is pretty achievable, I'll be happy. Um, if I can get in a bit more than that, and if anything more than that, I'll be, I'll be very, very happy with, uh, but let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Um, in terms of trades, I actually had same trades as you, uh, were to D'Ambrosio and Jeffrey DeBaker, uh, Ambrosio, uh, as you said, I think were, was a, could have, could have been kept a bit longer. Um, had more cash to be made, but I think D'Ambrosio with his, sort of bargain basement price um, just meant that I could free up some cash at the right time. Um, and Jeffrey DeBaker as well. Um, just want another pod in the forward line. Needed to just finish my forward line as well. Um, there were some others that I was considering outside of Baker. Taranto, I, I did look at, um, but his, I don't want to say he's on my never again list, but he burnt me last mm. year. So uh, I kind of look at him with a little, like, I don't know. Disdain, just, yeah, you are. Um... Yeah, it's a little bit of side eye whenever he, whenever I see him. Um, <laughs> Whereas with me, he saved my, he saved the end of my season. Oh. He saved my bacon. Where he was marooned in the forward line, he ended up kicking like four goals, five goals at one stage late in the year. I remember it well. As do you, Liam, for all the wrong reasons. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, I do. Maybe I might get him in maybe at one stage. We'll see. Hopefully. You should, you should. I'm not touching him. Uh, so other outside of those, outside of Baker, uh, others that I was sort of considering were Jakey Stringer. Um, sort of went around the same as Baker, so um, but, but a bit cheaper would have left me with more bank, but sort of an awkward amount of bank with the number of trades. I only have two trades left, so realistically, um, I wasn't. Yeah, it just sort of would have left me in an awkward spot with the amount of cash I would have had there. Um, Isaac Ranking was another option. Um, yes. Uh, the, the three other options, I'm going to be honest, were sort of high risk, high reward. Um, and the other one was your, your burn man, your burn man, Connor Rosie. Uh, the wilted rose, the black rose, whatever you want to call him. All of them, I think, would have been just, just high risk, high reward. They just play that, that sort of game where they, they could score well, but they're also potentially going to score like shit. Um, 
so I think Baker was sort of the, the safe, well, felt like the safest option out of those ones. Uh, didn't have the best score on the weekend, score a 90, could have been better um, considering his recent form, but uh, I'm pretty happy with it. Not too concerned. Um, hopefully he can repay more of that faith in coming weeks. Uh, onto my good, uh, hard to look past Clary Oliver, to be honest, but I'm going to go yep. a different direction. You, you cover oh, yeah. it. Jack Sinclair, he killed it with a score of 150, which is exactly what I needed in the back line this week. Uh, just love it. Love it. But yep. what am I, I, I really loved that trade-in, I think. Um, I think I did it the wrong week. I brought in Sinclair when I should have thought, I brought in Doherty the week I should have brought in Sinclair, but it was oh, okay. Yeah. He, Sinclair came That's in in a the long, the long way, but he came in. <laughs> it's all that matters. It's all that matters. Got there in the end. Exactly. It's, it's yep. fine. It's the destination, the- not the journey. <laughs> journey. Journey be the destination. Uh, it was quite the journey well, to the destination. We took the scenic route. We took the scenic yeah, route. Yeah, so we'll okay. say that. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> In terms of the bad, I'm going to be a bit harsh. Um, it's going to be a bit harsh. Like it. And it's, it's, there was probably some others that I probably could have had on this list in place of him. But I'm going to go with Lukey Parker. Lukey Parker? Can I go what? with a bit of a clip here? Yeah, yeah. Wow, just wait, cracking just the wait. whip. The dictator. I'm like calling you the dictator. Track. <laughs> he was on track for a big score. He was, But he yep. pulled up in the last, actually going backwards in points. He was on 101 at three-quarter time and finished the game on 98. And that was a game that was on the line in that quarter. So there was plenty of points that he could have been made. You know what? You know what? Give me that whip. I'm going to I'm gonna take the whip out of your hands and I'm going to start whipping him as well because I had no idea the extent of, of that. Wow. Went backwards by three points. What an idiot. Mate, you're not on vacation. You're not Jordan Degoe. You're not going to fly off to Bali. Like, stay on field, mate, and do your role. Like, oh, yes, that's so. terrible. No, I agree with go. that. Sorry. Going to pull good. that one out? Yep. He's Perfect. lucky he wasn't in the ugly. was going to be in the ugly. But, that's uh, a pod bad. Go. I'm going to call that a pod bad. Mm. It's a left yeah, field feel, feel, bad. It's yeah. good. Sorry, Parker. No, actually, no, not, not sorry. Do better. Do better. <laughs> um, in the ugly, I, like you, can't go past short. Um, patience, as you said, is wearing very, very thin. And with the injury to Dusty, I don't know. Unfortunately, Short's time in the middle mm. may look set to continue. Um, but then also Vlosten's one-week ban. Maybe he gets thrown back for the week and I can just enjoy one week of good scoring. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It might give him a, um, a stay of leave for a week. Mm. Maybe you'll go back and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot that he was a, <laughs> a decent, <laughs> decent backman. Yeah, decent defender. <laughs> and then when Vlosten comes back, they'll play him in the midfield. <laughs> Who yeah, knows? Yeah, good, great idea. Great idea. Let's do that. Uh, let's have a quick look at the head-to-head, Damon. You sit on 11 wins, five losses. I've got five wins and 11 losses. And the point differential sits at 657 in your favor. Yes. And just, just before we, uh, we move on, just I, I, I just had a flashback to like this time last year where we started threatening players with the specter <laughs> of potentially trading them out when we didn't have enough trades to do so. So you know what, Short? You're on notice, mate. You're going to be out of my side. If I had more, if I had more trades, you'd be out of my side. <laughs> you know what? Let's 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 start the burn book. <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, you're going in there. You're not coming in next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, spot on. You know what? Baker's going to take your role, mate. So Ooh. yeah, how about that? He could be the next next short for next year. Uh, 
Um, yeah, but just with regards to our head-to-heads, I, I did foresee this uh, this resurgence. Had a look into our, our Supercoach Edge patented crystal ball, and I saw it was going to happen. So thankfully, we've updated the firmware and the crystal ball, and it is working. It's working a treat. Um, and it's also working a treat because uh, we did foresee something that uh, occurred across the weekend. So um, let's delve into that by uh, having a little closer look at what happened in the week that was. Yes, in the week that was, we keep you up to date on the key talking points of the round. And uh, apart from, yes, that man, Piggy Oliver, the uh, the big, sweat, sweaty, pink pig, oinking his way to a 170. That'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> it was a round cursed with soft tissue injuries. And in an, in an ominous sign of things to come, all of Zorko, Rich and Trelaw went down through soft tissue injuries in the opening game of the round. And we posed a question on Twitter of whether this was an indication of, of you know, other injury-prone players potentially also seeing the uh, the wrath of the Supercoach injury, what we're going to call Supercoach injury Grim Reaper throughout the round. And it was almost as if, I don't know, those of you out there listening, watching, if you've seen Michael J. Fox's uh, The Frighteners, classic movie. And it's a movie, mind you, that's, that's aimed at kids. But it is bloody scary. Like... <laughs> Like he, he can see ghosts and stuff and it's like a comedy slash like serious sort of semi-horror. But there's like a Grim Reaper that goes around and like scrawling like numbers into the foreheads of people and he can see like who's next on the Grim Reaper's list. And the Grim Reaper is like super scary. I remember watching it when I was younger and it scared the shit out of me. But it's reminiscent of that. So I was thinking who's going to be next that's going to be claimed by this Reaper. And I know that's that's pretty, you could call it grim. But the writing was on the wall, looking back at it now. So coming off the back of breaking the meters gained record last week for Hall, all of the signs were there. So like he just put extra meters into his legs. Didn't need to do it. You're playing for North, mate. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, awesome. You're breaking a record. But just worked his his muscles, his little little uh, hammy and quads over time. But of course, that wasn't little solace to the fellow owners as he too went down with a quad injury. So with the likes of Stewart, Rich, Zorko, Hall, and Houston, who went off, he was subbed on the weekend as well, all going down through injury, coupled with now, we've, uh, we've heard as we've, uh, you know, before we recorded this uh, this podcast, coupled with the one-week suspension just handed to Nick Vloston, has the injury slash suspension crisis that had hit the rucks previously now shifted to defense? That almost feels like the uh, the... I guess the the hand on the uh, on the clock on the injury suspension clock has now shifted to uh, defence. So signs are there potentially, but let's hope not. As the majority of us can count, I guess the number of trades that we have left on one hand. So we we don't need these trades. Oh, sorry, we don't need. We definitely need the trades, but we don't need these injuries. Don't need these suspensions. So hopefully, just 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 leave us alone. The Grim Reaper, just just have a have a day off, mate. Have a day off. Have a couple have, just take a couple of weeks off. How many weeks yeah, have left? S- <laughs> have six weeks off. Six weeks? Yeah, all right. Have six weeks off. Please. Yeah. Please. Yeah. <sighs> Got some more crisis as well, just to add Yay. to it. Um, and that is uh the issue of some 
underperforming primos and underperforming is probably putting it lightly. Uh, we've got Jaden Short and both both Jaden Short and Patrick Cripps, who are the prime suspects here, giving us all, giving all of us as owners the dilemma of whether they are worthy of a trade out mm. of our sides. Yep. And on that, let's jump into the next segment, which is the price is right. The price is wrong, bitch. In The Price is Right, we run through a quick uh, summary of the top buy, sell, hold, and weight options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros, the cons, and who you should be considering trading in or out of your side this week. Now, just going to preface this. I'm hopefully not going to be making any trades this week. I've got yes. two left. <laughs> I am. <laughs> it's going to be straight, sure? straight out with Are it. Tempted? <laughs> Are you tempted just to like burn them? When, when, when Supercoach opened, I was like, right, what am I going to do? What am I going to yeah. do? Got two trades. There's stuff I could do this week, surely. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost boring now because it's like, oh, I just have to sit on my hands and do nothing for the next yeah. it's what, almost six weeks worse, or whatever. I feel like then when you just don't have any trades left because yeah. you're like, at that stage, you're like, oh, well, I can't do anything. <laughs> but right now I'm like, I've got trades. I could yeah. do something. I'm just choosing not to. Uh, yeah. You know what it reminds me of? That... That's um, what is it? It's like the, the the experiment in psychology where they get like a group of kids in like a classroom, for example, and like they put like a bag of lollies in front of them or like cupcakes, oh, yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. and the the parent, the teacher, whatever, says, "All right, don't touch this." And when I come back in ten minutes' time, if you haven't eaten this, I will give all of you double the amount of chocolates, lollies, whatever. They go away. And then they come back and like one of the kids is like egged on another one, like go on, eat it, eat it, eat it. And like peer pressure like mounts and one of them eats it. This is almost what I feel like, like with the two trades remaining, it's like they're there in front of me and it's like, mm. I want to use them. I so want to use them, but I know if I use them, it's just, I'm done. I know like injuries are going to strike and they're going to kill me. So yeah, we're like the little kids with the, uh, with the cupcake in front of us. <laughs> and I'm I'm that kid that's uh that's nudging you, Liam. Go on, use it. Use yeah, the trades. Do, do it. Who reckon's gonna crack first? Injury aside, I mean if you get an injury, yep. obviously that's okay. that's 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 fair. Let's let's see who cracks first. <laughs> <laughs> this would be a good experiment, actually. Let's 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 check in every week to see. And like we'll we'll just keep a straight face up until hmm. a point, and then I'll we'll have to chat about it when we talk about our respective teams and how we went in the good, the bad, the ugly, but uh, I'm kind of setting a benchmark, I think, at this stage. I don't know about you, but I haven't thought about it too much, but I think I mentioned last week where if it gets to like par where you've got like as many trades as what you do weeks left, like yeah. the old Lee, Lee Matthews rule to an extent, it's like <laughs> the same goals as like the number of minutes left in a game, like you can still win. So that's that's sort of the Lee Matthews trading yeah, theory I, that I've got. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, I do. I, I think that's a good one. The other one I, I just like to consider is just, you know, if you get to finals, there's no point not trading and losing a final that you need to win. Um, yeah, that's true. Because, like, who cares if you've saved? Anyway, that, yeah. that's sort of the other thing that I sort of like to consider. But um, that's just dependent on, on your own situation. Um, I'll probably be trying to hold as long as I can, um, as long as injuries hold off, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. No, but anyway, let's uh, let's jump in. Let's jump into some injury news. 
uh, in the cells. That is Aaron Hall, defender eligible, 495.3K, averaging 94.4 with a break-even of 115. And after copying two hamstring injuries this season, Paul Bloke, he ended up injuring his quad in his second game back. Uh, Yeah. We have yet to hear the full outlook for his injury, but given this is the third major soft tissue injury he has sustained this season off the back of an already shaky injury history, you'd think the wise move is to move him on and, sorry, the wise move is to, you know, not not play him, uh, yep. give him a decent rest. I mean, North's not going anywhere this year. Um, and it's most likely best then just to move him on. I'd probably be moving him on. Um, rough for those that traded him back in this week. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing I've learned across the journey and it's taken a long while for me to learn this, but like there's, there's taking risks, but then there's also like just taking calculated risks and he like, mm. it depends where you are as well. Like if you were sort of near the top and you need to take a pod option, you could warrant it. But if you're running short of trades and you bring in someone of, of that caliber who could break down, um, yeah, just kind of like a, just, just learn as you go type thing. Cause I've done it before in the past and, um, yeah, just one of the things you just just taking your stride and be like, all right, no worries. We'll see what happens next time. But uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. But uh, moving on to uh, two guys here that we've also added into the sell category and we have touched on uh, this man, uh, both of our uglies, uh, the ugly man himself, Jaden Short. Apologies, mate. But in a super coach sense, you are ugly. <laughs> He's uh, as a defender – Midfielder, he's priced at 481.4K, he's dropped to, and he's, uh, his average and break-even is dipping as well. So uh, not too good at this stage. So it's looking more and more likely with every passing week that short is an ideal sideways trade, if you have enough trades to do it, that is. So his average has fallen to that 101 after hovering around 112 at one point, and his three-game average is 83.3, and his five-game average is 87.4, which gives... Probably more of a, a close indication of how far he's fallen in super coach form in recent weeks. So uh, just from the, the heights of where he was, you know, averaging 112 at one point, he is just a shell of, uh, of that super coach primo that we know and love and uh, super coach Seagull as well, unfortunately. Uh, but since round 11, he, this is just give it further context as well, just to drive it home. Since round 11, he has only scored above 100 once with other scores being 85, 84, 84, and 82. So uh, consistent, but consistently bad, you'd say as, as a primo. <laughs> so in comparison to his early season form across the first eight rounds, he only scored below 100 once. Once. So just chalk and cheese for good mm. old Jaden Short there. Um, and the downward trajectory in price and scoring has come off the back of being shifted into the engine room for the Tigers, where his disposal efficiency has suffered greatly, as well as the number of disposals that he is getting overall. But most alarmingly, Hardwick has come out, or he did come out during the week, and said they're going to continue persisting with Short in the middle. Like, mate, come on. Come on. Like, uh, do you think maybe it'd be different if Richmond were losing games? And they'd be like, oh, we'll get yeah, like thrown surely. back. Like, is it working against him, the fact that Richmond are still like, winning games? Surely. I mean, uh, I haven't seen enough Richmond games in recent weeks. Is he playing well in the mid? I mean, I know that there's like, you know, super coach scoring and he's playing well. Is mm. he is he going okay or not? Because like if his disposals are going down, I mean, obviously he's getting a bit of a seagull off the back line, so he's probably getting disposals out of kick-ins. Um, so he's getting those easy, easy disposals. But his yep. disposal efficiency going down, I mean, that makes sense because obviously his 
if he's playing in the middle, he's more likely to, you know, being hack kick forwards. Um, There's a lot um, of that stuff. Like from what I've seen, like I saw a little bit on the weekend and he was just shanking kicks, turning it over, like completely different to like, as you say, in defense, pinpoint passing, you got more time and space, yeah. especially when they're, you know, switching transition, all that sort of stuff. But I don't think he's used to playing in the midfield. Like maybe he'll get better over time. Like maybe he'll find a bit more patience, composure, but to go from a complete outside defender with no one really playing on him mm, to then so being yeah. like in a contested possession, contested situation as he has been, like he's just forced to like rush his kicks and maybe he just doesn't have that mindset about him as a player because it's like it's it's chalk and cheese, like two different roles. So mm. I don't know. It's it's interesting, but hopefully he can improve. But I mean, the past five weeks, um, discounting that 102 that he scored against Port, he's he's gone downhill completely. He's just a shell of himself, unfortunately. But, yeah. Yes. One to consider, I think, as a bit of a One luxury trade. Yeah, I think it's a luxury trade. Um, unfortunately, mm. I think if you've got more than four trades, maybe it's worth it. But even then, yep. it's it's hard to it's it's hard to say without looking at a team. Yep. Um, and giving you specific advice. Um, moving on to our next option, another another player in that similar vein, I guess in in the the, the scoring just sort of the form one yep. in absolute sort of up, just turn upside down. Yeah. Yep. The Halley Crypta Halley Crips <laughs> is just. <laughs> it's like Black Hawk down, Black Hawk down. Like the back road is like yeah. being shot out and gone around in circles. Boop, boop. Oh, I should be that guy from Police Academy that does the uh, the sound effects. <laughs> we got a Black Hawk down. We got a Black Hawk oh. Cripper down. Paddy Cripps, midfield eligible, obviously, 520K, averaging 110.9 with a break-even of 108. And you hear that and you're like, why is he on the trade-out hmm. uh, you know, list? And it isn't probably as as uh, as dire a need for the trade, uh, with Cripps. The, there are worrying signs for the Carlton captain and they come in the form of his recent form line and his super coach scores. Despite his average looking rosy at that 110.9, the full tale is told with his five game average being 102.4 and his three game average being just 90.7. Mm. Now we look into it a bit, bit deeper as we oh, like to I do. Like uh, we get to compare his, we compare his first to five, first half of game. Sorry. He played, to that of the second half, highlight a bit more of a worrying trend. In his first seven games of the season, he scored 119 plus in all but one of his first seven games, um, with the one being an injury-affected game, only to then score over 100 in just two of his next seven games. The only upside in the short term is that Carlton play the West Coast Eagles this weekend, but with a number of players returning to their senior, senior lineup, West Coast aren't the easy beats they once were. Um, if you are keen on punting him, Jack Steele presents is the juiciest option, which is a good segue to the buy category. But before that, Damon, what are your thoughts? Yes. Um, I must say like his form, I think is he's still getting contested possessions. He's still getting clearances mm -hmm. like bulk, all the stuff that we love him for. But as a supporter and I was there watching live against St Kilda on was it Friday night? And I must say he's he's not the same Cripper that we saw earlier in the season. Like once I love I love Cripper, 
but he tries to do too much. He gets caught with the ball, which then prompts him to just rush, rush a kick, like bomb yeah. it into the air. Um, so his disposal efficiency isn't the best because of that and just doesn't take first option, just lets guys hang off him. And he's got obviously that strength about him to then like keep moving with like 10 guys hanging off him, but he doesn't then dispose of it in a correct way, which lowers his disposal efficiency. And with it, the super coach ceiling that he, that he once had. Um, so I don't know. It's, it, it's definitely not like he's fit. So it's not an injury side of things. Um, which makes me think, and then position wise as well, still saying playing the same style mm-hmm. of game. Um, but I think he, I think he should come good. Um, there really isn't anyone like he got Chero back into the midfield as well. So it's not as if there's anyone missing in the engine room that he's sort of in need of uh, support from. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I can I can see him turning it around, um, but he's just in a little bit of a form slump, I think, at the moment. Um, on a super coach sense anyway. Um, but I think also must say St. Kilda absolutely pummeled uh, Carlton's midfield. Um, Walsh as well. Um, as you know, how much I love Walshy. It goes without <laughs> saying, but him and others as well, they struggled. So I think um, just when the team overall is struggling, Cripps struggles with it as well. So I don't think um, he's one to, to really stand up in games like that. So who knows, like, might come good against West Coast. Carlton do have a bit of a up and down sort of draw to end the season. Uh, got to face Melbourne and a few other um, sort of teams. Collingwood, I think, as well, who obviously are in good form at the moment. But, um, yeah, I could talk about this for hours. But I think there's enough there for me to, to think that he will come good. But like you mentioned, Jack Steele, good, good value. And, uh, again, if I had more trades up my sleeve, I would probably consider it, which probably goes against mm. what I was just saying. But, um You've got to weigh it up, I think, in that sense. But let's delve into it uh, by looking into the buy category with Jack Steele. And obviously a midfielder priced at 543K, averaging 109.8 with a break-even of 92. And after returning from his shoulder injury in the past two weeks, Steele has picked up where he left off, scoring 115 and 107, with his tackling prowess underpinning that high floor with 10 and 9 tackles in both of those games and having dropped 142.8K cheaper than his starting price and with a break-even of just 92, he has bottomed out and will be on the way back up to his high 600K price tag in no time. So he's only 23K more expensive than Cripps if you did want to pull that trigger on that trade um, or even trading the likes of Short or Hall. Uh, in their case, you would need to find around 60K or a touch under 50K for both of those guys respectively. So... I think uh, there's enough merit there. You know, we both love Jack Steele because of the fact that he does have that high floor um, and he's back to his tackling best. I mean, that's one surefire way to test out the uh, the healthiness um, of your of your shoulder that you've just done by laying that many tackles. So uh, he's back to full fitness. And uh, if you don't have Jack Steele or if you are someone that you are in need of, you know, uh, an M8, um, bring him in bring him in because uh, he is, you know, as we always go on, go on about the average is reflective of the guys that will finish in the, uh, the top eight spots in the midfield. And I think comfortably he will finish in the top eight spots. Um, So he is someone that I would love to have in my team, but I don't know. What are your thoughts just quickly then? Yeah, I I, I agree with everything you said there. Um, It's, it's an interesting one in terms of, how you get him in um, yep. with most people. It's probably 
not going to be able to find a way in unless you do have a luxury trade um, like a Crips. The only thing with a Crips trade is like it's not like Hall. Hall's obviously injured and if you can swing some players around, that that makes sense. But if you've got Crips to steal, you've got to bank on the fact that he's going to, like if he only scores sort of 10 points extra than him for the rest of the season, there's what, six rounds left? Yeah. Uh, that's only 60 points. Is that worth a trade? No. Um, if he scores, you know, 20, then it's obviously 100 120. It, it's, it just, it, it really comes down to that, I guess. Um, so I don't know if he's the best luxury trade yep. um, necessarily from a Crips, um, but obviously for a, for a um, haul, it makes sense if you can swing some players around or even short. I think there's benefit there. Short's got upside. Um, yep. But on his recent scoring, it's not like his recent scoring has been up and down. Um, and that's where the average is sort of at that 80 um, from his last, you know, three games. Um, it's 85, 84, 84, and 82, um, other than that one 100 since round 11. So I think there's benefit there is what I'm just trying to say, in yeah. essence. <laughs> um, that's true. Good way to weigh it up, though. That's true. Yeah, and I think that's how I'd want to look at it. If it's a luxury trade, if you're upgrading, then yeah, Jack Steele's a great option um, from just a you know a rookie. But yeah, it just, I don't think there'd be many people in that situation. Yep. Um, moving on to the next option, it is Jordan Dawson. We had a very good game on the weekend with yeah. a uh, defender uh, midfielder eligible, 626.9K, averaging 112.8 with a break-even of 85. And he has been in a hot run of form in recent times with a three-round average of 139.3 oh. and a five-round average of 125.6. Such has been his ultra-consistency. He actually hasn't scored below 100 since round eight. <laughs> uh, yeah. Scintillating. He, yeah, yeah. Largely has shared the uh, kick-in duties with Brody Smith uh, this season. But it's his flexibility as a player to be used on the wing at stages and the fact he hasn't attracted a tag all year that also appeals. He is the top-tier primo replacement option for Hall if you can afford the extra 130K. <laughs> and he comes with the added bonus of being a DPP player, which is obviously very important at this stage of the season with having that you know, flexibility to swing him for coverage uh, with the, into the later stage of the season. Yeah. I mean, it's not often you kind of say, yeah, trade into defender at 626.9K, like, mm. but sometimes you just got to pay for what you're going to get. Quality, yeah. You're getting, you know, that's you're getting a three round average of one thirty. I mean, obviously those are points in the bank. You can't bank on those going to the, the future. Uh, but he is in very good form, and he's going to keep going up in price. Um, if you are sort of in need of a, uh, I don't know, I don't know how you'd find that hundred thirty k at this stage of the season. But if you can, yeah, good luck to you. Yeah, no, exactly right. No, he's he's one that's a bit of a sliding doors moment for me because I ended up trading. It was uh, Whitfield to it was between Sinclair and Dawson. And yeah. at that stage, they were very similar in price. I think Dawson, from memory, was actually priced cheaper than Sinclair, believe it or not. Um, and I ended up going for Sinclair because at that stage, Dawson hadn't really shown much of a ceiling, scoring ceiling. Mm. And he's, he's bloody kicked dirt in my face uh, ever since then. He's uh, obviously turned that around. But, yeah, I think you can't go too wrong um, with with Dawson. As you said, pay for the quality you get and well worth uh, every every B. As I say, every uh, every penny. 
give me three B's to a to a penny, they used to say. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, like we haven't mentioned him here, but uh, just as an aside, like Sinclair is another one as well, obviously, mm. but just quickly comes with that injury, not injury, sorry, that tag risk. And I'm surprised that my mob in Carlton didn't tag Sinclair on the weekend, um, which is a bit, uh, yeah, a bit interesting. But that's probably one thing to, to look at with uh, with Sinclair because he does present as a bit of an option, potentially as an upgrade or sort of, yeah, trade-in potential replacement for Hall. Yeah. Well, I mean, looking at him, he scored that what, 79 against Sydney when he was tagged. And that was his first sub-100 score since uh, round nine. Mm. And then he had two sub-100 scores in a row of 83 and 85, and then he hadn't scored below 100 before that. So he's only had three scores below 100. So also another very good option. Yep, um, consistent. Just owned by probably, I haven't looked at Dawson's 30, ownership. But oh, Dawson, you mean? Yeah, Dawson. Uh, Dawson Sinclair's is. at 30, just under 34%. Um, yep, Dawson's so is nineteen percent. Yeah, so Dawson's probably a bit more relevant to to people um, in terms of being traded in. I think a lot more people would have Sinclair uh, at almost forty percent. Yep, yep. No, that makes sense. But uh, there oh, is sorry, also thirty four percent. Oh, thirty four percent. Yep, thirty four. Oh, that's even even better. Making more of a pod. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking speaking of pods, there is one, and he goes by the name of Bailey Dale, mm. and he is obviously just a defender. Priced at 545.2K, averaging 106.7 with a break-even of 71. And he's one guy who went largely under the radar last week as a replacement option for Stewart. And the stars aligned for Dale and his prospective new owners because his counterpart in Caleb Daniel was ruled out for a few weeks with, I think it was a knee injury. Uh, he went in for a bit of uh, arthroscopic surgery there, a bit of a cleanup. Um, and as a result... On the weekend, he was granted a bulk of the kick-ins, the tune of 66% and played on in all of them. And that's what you want. Oh. That's that's two thumbs up. Yeah, if, thank you, if you're you, not watching us um, on YouTube, this is two thumbs up. Liam's well, doing <laughs> two thumbs up underneath the camera there. Up there they are. See, that's it. And I'm, I'm pointing up my uh, big toes as well. So isn't this four? Like thumbs. This, 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 that, that's four <laughs> that's, thumbs up. That's four thumbs up. Exactly. It was that good. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's... Produced uh, off the back of that, his highest score of the year with 134 as the main distributor out of defense for the Dogs. But uh must be said, the one query, we've said it for a long while about Dale, even last year I think it was the same query, mm. that does remain uh, on him and it is with regards to his limited ceiling, having only scored above 115 in three of his past 12 matches. But without Dale, could we see a stark improvement here like we did on the weekend? But uh, must be said, of those 12 matches, he scored uh, over a ton in nine, underlining his relatively high floor and super solid consistency. And Supercoach Gold shows if he can produce the sort of scores like he did on the weekend across the next two weeks, his price could rise by as much as 50K. So if you want to jump on him, now is probably the time to do so. So um, yeah, doing uh, doing quite, quite well is, uh, is Dale and... Uh, could be headed to the moon, potentially. <sighs> yeah. I, it'd be interesting to see, because I know Daniel didn't miss, he might have only missed a game or two last year off memory. Mm. Um, but it would be interesting to see. He, I know he was playing sort of just all over the ground at stages, so it would be interesting to see Dale's scores in those games where Daniel wasn't in the mid uh, in the back line um, yeah. to, to sort of have a bit of an analysis 
of whether yep. there was sort of there's any correlation between this 134 um and and those other scores i mean it, uh, yeah that would be really really good to consider um yep. i personally am not a fan of not 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 a fan of dale i think he's super consistent but he's just not going to get you those big scores um mm. that you might see from like a dawson i mean he's obviously going to Dawson's going to cost you a hell of a lot more. Um, but even like for an extra 30 odd K, um, Sinclair's got a higher ceiling um, and pretty similar yep. consistency in terms of his hundreds as well. Um, even, yeah, I, I just, that that's the only sort of query I have there. Um, but he's not a bad option in the slightest. Now, moving on to the last option on our buy, up, buy list, and it's a pod. It's a very decent pod at just ownership of just 0.7%. And I, I like, I've got pod crazy, I have to admit. If I had a, <laughs> if I had a defender spot, this guy would be coming in. Uh, it's Mason oh, wow. Redman, defender eligible, 547.4K, averaging 92.4 with a break even of 108. And he has hit a bit of a purple patch of form in recent weeks, scoring a ton in four of his last five matches with a three-round average of 117.7 and a five-round average of 113. Uh, as I mentioned, he is super pod in the sense that he is only in 0.7%, so he would be the ultimate cod. But, yes, uh, look, I mean, I did say I'd bring him in, and I'm just sort of, I think at my stage of the season, you know, where I'm ranked, it's, it's okay to do it. Um, but it is a big risk, and I think Damon you'd probably sit, sit alongside here looking at him, he's priced two, two, 2K more-ish than um, than uh, Bailey Dale. So you'd probably be thinking that Dale has more more upside, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I can see. I guess I, I really like the idea of the pods now just for my start point of the season, just cause a bit of chaos, um, play it a little bit more fun. But I think Dale has the better consistency, so I, I can see the benefit of of that, especially with uh, Daniel out for the you know foreseeable future. Yep, and and like Dale is still a pod in his own right as well. Probably not to the extent of Redmond, but he is only in five mm. percent of teams. Dale, so yeah, um, you know if you're still after a pod, um, he still sort of fits that bill. But yeah, you're totally right. It was. Uh, surprising to me because I didn't really consider him. I didn't even know that Redmond was actually doing as well as he has. Like, is it is it more a case of he's playing a role that Ridley has in the past or is it just he's in good that, form? Just in good form as well, I think. A bit, little bit of a yep. mix of both, um, which is nice to see. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you're right. I just like throwing in a little bit of a pod now. going to be <laughs> next year. Next year, wait from my side next year. It's all going to be 1% ownership. <laughs> <laughs> please don't please don't i don't want to hear you complaining every week one percent ownership because i'll be at number one as well uh, <laughs> one for one <laughs> no no anyway moving on let's move on to the on the bubble damon and we've got two two players here <laughs> yes two players both both named james are they the same Ooh. person they could be um, who knows? Don't even know who they are. Um, <laughs> James Tunstall, I guess you pronounce it, um, for Brisbane is one option. Midfielder priced at 117.3K, averaging a 55.5 with a break-even of negative 43. And he scored 38 and 73 in his first two games. And I saw a little bit of him on the weekend against the Dogs and actually looked, um, looked pretty good. Um, scored well, obviously, but played well as well. Looked uh, Looked good. 
Um, but question probably remains as to, you know, Brisbane, we know they're probably aiming towards a top four team at this stage. Yeah. Um, and I don't recall whose spot he's taken, but no doubt as a sort of a young player, um, he was sort of drafted in the 40s, 2021 draft. Um, I can't say that he's, he's secu- job security is all that secure. Um, so just sort of not sort of someone that you'd want to jump in, sorry, jump on as a bench cover option with the hope that he's going to stay there all season. Um, same can probably be said for the other guy, James Blank. Uh, he is a, a mid-season um, rookie draftee. Uh, he's a defender, bottom price, 102.4K, averaging a 42.5 with a break-even of negative 26. And he scored 43 and 42 in his first two games. More of a key position player. So probably um, the reason why his scores are only hovering around at that 40 mark. Um, at this stage of the year, it probably goes without saying, you'd want to be going for guys that are going to fill your bench spots as cover in case injury strikes, suspension strike, as we've seen across the journey over the past month. Um, it's starting to happen now. So I can't say with full confidence that these two guys are the two guys to jump on. Uh, if you need to make a bit of bank, yeah, you could potentially um, at a stretch, but I'd even opt for, even though he's gone up in price, Massimo D'Ambrosio priced at 159.6K uh, um, because he's more secure. Um, and yeah, his, his break even is what a negative 44 at the moment. So, yeah, so better uh, than both of these guys still. Yep, exactly. In terms so, of break even, yeah. Yep. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add there, Liam, but pretty much speaks for itself. Not really. I think, yeah, at this stage, unless you're really looking for a player that's playing, um, with the number of trades you got left, you're probably not looking for someone that's actually going to make cash. Um, I think you're better off downgrading to a non-playing player unless, yeah, you're really desperate for a player to actually be playing. Yep. Yeah, that, that's sort of my my view. I'd be trading in um, or even trading in players that might play like a, a Cully or a, a Carmichael yep. from Collingwood that are that bottom price, 102K. Um, I think they're both DPP um, <clears throat> as well. So like that's another option if you really... Just it gives you it a cover, a potential cover, but it also just gives you the most bank you can possibly get, uh, being rookies, that that bottom price rookie as well. I like it. I like it. But, but yeah, now Damon, let's, let's let's move on. Yeah, one thing I also like mm. is when you read out the name of uh, this <clears> next <throat> segment. Give me your best. I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm. Done. No. <laughs> oh my god, I got shivers. I've got shivers. Oh, thank you. Oh, that was that one. I, I wasn't sure about that one actually. I wasn't sure. That was good. To be honest. That was really good. But that was uh, as menacing, very menacing. I feel like it had to be menacing because there's only two options for your captaincy this week. I'm really honest. Oh, we'll, that's read, we'll go through. We'll go through all of them, but uh, there's only two that you should really seriously be considering. Much like last week, you could say, even though it was probably mm. only one in the big. Pink sweaty pig himself. But yep. Yep. there's there's definitely there's two, I'm gonna say. There's two. Okay, okay, there's two. But the VC that you're gonna have to, gonna have to score big to uh to remain the VC if you ask me. Uh but yes, this is I'm the captain now, and in I'm the captain now we scrounge through the data and we find the best options for your VC and C for this weekend. Now, first up is one of those two aforementioned that are going to be your sort of main focuses for this week. And it is Clary Oliver. 
against Geelong Thursday at 7.20. And he hasn't, did not let us down last week with his score of, what was it, 176 or something. Uh, loved it, loved it. Yeah. But let's just, let's just have a, let's delve here. He's got an average of 135.25 over his last four against the Cats with scores of 130, 159, 111, and 141. Now, he also has his best third best average against any team, which is against the Cats, with a 127.6 from seven games. And he has the high, his highest average at any venue at GMHBA Stadium, which he was playing at the weekend, with 142.3 from three games. Let me just wipe the drool from my from my mouth there. That is <laughs> that is amazing. That that there is like some crispy pork action right there. Just imagining oh, just... Clary Oliver on a rotisserie, just just with an apple in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna leave that with you. That mental image, because um, that's it, that is crispy pork action right there. That that is amazing. That's so good. Like the stars are aligning. We st- the stars aligned on the weekend, and we we saw it coming. The history was there. The data was there. Everything was there. And it's it's there again, smacking us right in the face. The only concern I have concern? is whether, yeah, I know. Uh, it's okay because he's your VC. Like, he's, he's the perfect VC option. He plays on the Thursday night. It's a simple, simple option. But the concern I have is does Geelong give him a little bit of attention with, you know, potentially even a Guthrie um, yep. going to him? Um, I don't know, but I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Well, at least like he's obviously going to be a, a VC. So yeah, not too yeah. bad. Minimizes the risk in case he does get tagged. And even then I think he's shown that even in games where he's been tagged, he's still able to punch out, you know, relatively high enough scores to be considered uh captaincy or VC lock away scores. Um, so it's not too bad. I think. Not too bad an option. Mm. Um, so, yes, obviously it goes without saying one to consider, but another guy to consider, and it is in the next game on a Friday night, and it is Jack McRae, faces Sydney at 7.50 p.m. on Friday, and he's averaged 108 over his last four against the Swans with scores of 92, 116, 92, and 132, and he's only had a score of 125 plus once since round eight. Uh, he's had a 123 in round 15, though. So he may be one to steer clear of considering, I guess, better options around him. But, um, yeah, he's one to throw out there because he did reclaim a bit of uh, bit of form over the past few weeks. So um, it's showing that um, yeah, he hasn't lost his touch just yet. But, yes, uh, there are other options that are more juicy, um, more bacon-flavored options as well, I think you can say. <laughs> Yes, yes, I'll, I'll pay that one. Uh, <laughs> in the same game, obviously, we've got Marcus Bontempelli as well. Averaged 136.5 over his last four against the Swannies with scores of 108, 114, 166 and 158. Bit of a probably a pot option um, in terms of a, a, a C, captaincy, in the sense that I don't think many people would go for him. Um and his recent form line against the Swans probably hasn't been good enough to, you know, to, the last two games haven't been captaincy worthy. The two before that were. Um, so a bit of a risk, but not too bad for your VC if you are going to avoid Clary Oliver on the Thursday night. Yep. Not too bad. Not too bad. The Bont. Uh, another option is uh, the running man, Took Miller, and he faces Richmond on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. 
And he's averaged 105.75 in his last four games against the Tigers with scores of 53, 124, 79, and 49. And um, the side that he uh, averages worst against, unfortunately, is the Tigers. So um, probably something to factor in, but nonetheless, um, recent form uh, is something to factor in. And uh, he produced on the weekend. Produced very well, scored one fifty three, and it was it was after I think he had a bit of a um, bit of a knock at one stage, went off the ground, and I thought maybe his day is done, his night is done, and thankfully he came back on because at that stage I think he was around about seventy odd, came back back on and doubled his score, so more than doubled his score, so one to consider uh, with yeah. that in mind. Another another option for you on Saturday night at seven twenty five uh, against Fremantle is Jack Sinclair. He's only got an average of 78 in his last four against the Dockers with scores of 114, 101, uh, 51 and 46. But he hit back after a poor showing against the Swans with a score, big score of 150 against your mob in the Blues. And he's been pretty consistent. So just another option that, you know, could bob up for a big score. He has had a few 125 pluses uh, across across the journey this year. So just just a bit of a, a risky option there. Uh, recent form, he's uh, he's good form. So um, mm. yes, factors in there. And another guy who is in really good form is Stephen Canilio, and he faces Port on Saturday at seven thirty p.m. And he's averaged one eighteen in his last four games against the Power, with scores of ninety seven, one forty three, one twenty six, and one hundred and six. So a bit of an out there uh, option, but uh, one that could pay dividends if you are looking to go a pod. A risky one now, especially that uh, Tim Mitchell on uh, on oh. on our on our Twitter has has absolutely put the moz on him because the fantasy gods have seen that he said does does Cogs go under one hundred? Um, so thank you for that, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Out of spite, <laughs> like come on, celebrate celebrate the highs and the lows. Like I know he was a previous <laughs> owner of Cogs, and that's why he's he's sort of plotting his demise. But you know what the best cure is. Jumping on the bandwagon, jumping back mm. on the bandwagon in his yeah, case. Yeah, get him in, get him in. And just join the party. The door's been swung open. Just come on in. There's balloons, there's streamers, there's there's music, there's everything. There's, uh, yeah. there's, there's, there's stuff going on here you want to join in on. So <laughs> yeah, jump jump in, jump on in. Now, onto the, onto the, the main course, I oh. want to say. If, if Clary Oliver <laughs> is, the, is the pig in a blanket uh, that you have as the entree. <laughs> I'll pay that. That is that is joke, joke of the episode for sure. That's just, just obviously it's not hard to to bloody um, blast away <laughs> my stupid puns, but that was that pig in a blanket. Very good. What would you call it? An appetizer? Yeah, I guess an appetizer. An is an appetizer. Yep, yep. Is the appetizer? I don't know what Lockie Neal is. Is he's the main course? Whatever he is, he is the main course. Coming up against my mob in the Dons on Sunday at one ten at the Gabba. Uh, he has averaged. <laughs> 163 in his last four against the Dons with scores of 198, 157, 157, and 140. And it comes as no surprise that he has his best average against the Dons uh, of any other side with an average of 126.8 from his 11 outings against them. He is the prime candidate for your C like Oliver was last week. I like it. Main course, main course. Lockie, main, main course, Neil. Absolutely. And just for those of you out there who have no idea what a pig in a blanket is, 
It is a sausage wrapped in pastry. So it looks like it's literally what it is. It's a pig, a sausage, pork wrapped in pastry. Um, or alternatively, I think there's another one. There's another alternative to that, and it's it's something wrapped in bacon. Oh, I think you can do sausage as well, yeah. yeah. S- sausages wrapped in sausage. bacon. Yeah, I've seen that as well. Yeah. So there you go, double double the uh, double the bacon, double, double the pig, double the pork. <laughs> yeah, I like it. But that main meal sounds mm. like I can't I can't eat any more. Like just gorging yourself, like <laughs> like a pig at a trough, like what Clary was on the weekend. Um, but let's move to another solo option outside of that. Mm. If you're game enough to uh, to go outside of Neil, and it is Rory Laird faces the Hawks on Sunday at three twenty p.m. and he's averaged one twenty three point two five in the last in his last four against the Hawks with scores of one eleven, one seventy eight, one hundred and two, and one hundred and two, and he comes into this game with a three round average of one thirty three point three and a five round average of one thirty point eight. So, again, someone that has awesome form behind him just racks up the pill at will. Do you like that? Poet didn't know it. Um, yeah, so. Keep him in mind, I think. Mm. Now another very solid option in that same game, it's Jordan Dawson, and he has an average of just 71.75 in his last four against the Hawks with scores of 73, 78, 104, and 32. But his last three scores since the bye have been 140, 134, and 144. And if he continues that on, he should give you a very, very solid captaincy score. So one that you should consider as well. Probably a bit more of a... I'd say it's still be a bit of a pod in terms of captaincy choices. Um, I think most people be going for Clary into Lair, uh, into Neil. So mm. it reminded me there you uh, a bit of a disco stew there. If this if these trends continue, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> strikes again. Didn't even know it. You made a <sighs> reference there. Very good, very good. Uh, but again, it's like a captaincy on the last game. Of the round. Mm. I oh, think second last game. game. Second last game. Second last game. Um, oh, no, but this guy, this next guy coming up, who is my boy, Sammy Walsh, mm. he's in the last game because we spoke about it last week, but no one no one tweeted us. So I don't think anyone does it where you put the captaincy on a player who's playing in the last game, the very last game of the round. And I spoke last week of, of uh, Sean Darcy, and he would have been right thereabouts. He's mm. got 124, Sean Darcy. So this might pay dividends, especially because it is my boy, Sammy Walsh. Faces the Eagles last game on Sunday at 4.40 p.m. And he's averaged 117 in his last three games against the Eagles with scores of 124, 114, and 113. So he's got a – he's 115 on the weekend. Uh, wasn't his best game by his standards. Um, so as we said, the Eagles are a different outfit. So uh, he'd be uh, a pretty game, I think, to uh, to take that risk. But why would you when you've got the likes of uh, – Pig in a blanket and um, the main course. <laughs> exactly. Lucky Neil. Exactly. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty obvious which way we're going. But Damon, yep, I better ask you anyway. Who are mm. your selections this week? Yep, we've said it. We both said it. Pig in a blanket. Piggy Oliver. <laughs> Third week straight um, is probably the wisest move. Albeit first mm. up as the VC this time, and after him, Neil looks like that tasty, delicious main course that you just want to gobble up. All you can eat. Maybe Pizza Hut style, all you can eat. Just harping back to that reference last week. Um, for those of you who are tuning in, you have no idea what we're talking about. Have a listen to last week's episode when we made a reference about all you can eat Pizza Huts. And I think one of our um, Discord participants, yeah, people in our community, in our Discord community, actually pointed out that there are 
all you can eat pizza hut restaurants in Tassie in Hobart, I think. So um, how about that? Maybe we should make a bit of a bit of a trip down there. Take the take the podcast on the road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a, and in fact, we'll record it from a pizza hut. Imagine <laughs> 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 that. And it'd be like become a bit of a like a mukbang. Like <laughs> people hear us just gone. Yeah. <laughs> Chowing down on Pizza Hut and then moose, oh. moose desserts and anyway, yeah, going off a tangent mm. here. So well, what about you, Liam? Anything different yeah. or the same? No. Nah. You nailed it with Oliver into Neil. Too much upside. Yeah. I'm even going to say Oliver's going to have to go pretty big um, with his VC score for me not to take the punt on, on Neil. I'm, my, my pass mark normally is the 125. If you make 125, I'll, I'll take your VC score. I might even up that to around 135, 140. Smart. Um, to, to just, I, I, I'm comfortable doing that for, for the main course in, in Lockie Neil. Yeah. Let's just get the, get the uh, napkin and the bibs out and just, just mm. put it on. Yeah, the big lobster bibs. Yeah. You know, that's what gonna, I'm, yeah. Yeah. You're going to crack the shells open and stuff like it gets pretty messy. This is going to be a nice feast. So um, yeah, I, I'm very much the same. And, and McRae as well, as we saw on the weekend, a lot of people, and we, did you put the VC on McRae on the weekend? Yeah. 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 And with that, I was not going to lock it in unless he passed 150, which he didn't even come close to because the, the spectre of, of Oliver potentially scoring as well as, as what he had against the Crows in the past two was hanging over me and I would have kicked myself had I not done that. And thankfully, um, McRae didn't, didn't eclipse that. So I was able to, to gorge myself on Piggy Oliver's uh, crispy pork skin. Um, so this is sorry, sounding very cannibalistic. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, the same, same thing applies with, uh, with Oliver and Neil. But now it's time, Liam, for that time where people send in questions and they, they ask that question, which mm. is... I got to know. Hey, I got to know. That was good. Different spin on that one. People weren't expecting that. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) They did Uh, not know that that was going to (laughs) happen. But now they they got to know (laughs) based upon the questions they've sent in. (laughs) They got stuff. They got stuff. Let's. I'm going to give this first one to you, Damon. Gonna, yep, gonna okay. handball this one straight across. It's from Maddie Tex uh, on Twitter at, at @texmaddie. Uh, with only five thirty-five point five k to upgrade SDK to my last defender, what are your thoughts on Houston Brayshaw and Vlosten? Yes, well, uh, as fate would have it, uh, that list has been narrowed down for you because Houston yeah. was subbed out of the game by Port on the weekend after jarring his knee. And uh, Brett Montgomery, uh, the assistant for Port, came out and said that he's, yes, jarred his knee, but early signs are positive. We've just got to get off a three-hour flight, which is at the time when he was being interviewed. Um, He'll have scans during the week. So um, we'll wait and see as to what uh, sort of the outlook is there for him. Mm -hmm. Then you've also got to factor in um, uh, Vlosten. So he has copped a week suspension. So, again, count him out. Uh, so that leaves you with Brayshaw of uh, the, the remaining last man standing of that list you've just presented. Um, so, you know, the super coach gods trying to tell you something. So, um, yes, uh, he is one, I guess, Brayshaw. I haven't really factored him in. Uh, when you mentioned him, I had a quick look at his history and uh, his current form or recent form hasn't been too bad. But outside of him, 
there are guys that I would factor in. And the first one is Lockie Whitfield, and he is probably the most attractive of the lot, recapturing his form and coming in at a value price of just 477.5K, having scored 118, 101, 103, and 96 since that uh, that man vacated that senior coaching spot uh, in Leon Cameron. So he is one to look at first and foremost. Outside of him uh, is someone you're familiar with, Liam, in uh, Blitzars, who is a nice pot option. And you can talk to, I guess, that having just brought him in, um, mm-hmm. which I'll let you do in a moment. And outside of him is Liam Baker, who we both brought in, obviously, on the weekend. There's a nice little pod. He's been in a nice hot run of form of late, scoring four tons and an 80 and 90 in his past six matches in total. So apart from playing in the midfield, which he has done for the past two weeks now, he has been playing off halfback uh, in Jaden Short's old role. So um, when Prestia comes back, which I think he will be doing, they've said this weekend, um, if he passes all fitness tests, he may be swung back into defense. So especially with Vlosten not being there, um, he may be swung into defense to um, fill his shoes. Then outside of Baker, we have a value-value option. So if you want to save a little bit of dosh, you can do so with Stephen May. He is the juicy value option, I'm going to call him. Uh, priced <laughs> at just 379K. And he has fallen in price due to that uh, concussion-affected game that he had a few rounds ago. So I guess of those four guys that I've mentioned, I would go for in order of Whitfield, Baker slash Blitzars, very, very close to call there. Yeah. Um, both DPP players as well, um, which is also good. And then May, probably last uh, but not least. And Brayshaw is a good one as well. But I don't know, something about Brayshaw where he's just his early season form, something about it. I haven't read too much into his um, positioning, how he fits into Melbourne's lineup. Um, but yeah, someone to, to look at nonetheless. But Liam, any, any guys other than those that. Uh, that you would think about uh, Blitzars, do you endorse him? Um, and is there sort of a, uh, a preference you would have for those guys? No, I tend to uh, tend to agree with what you've got there. Whitfield, only issue I have with Whitfield is sort of his injury history in general. Um, but at that price, it's very juicy. So it's hard to go past, look past him there. Uh, in terms of Baker versus Blitzars, I think you nailed it there. They're both sort of, on par with each other. There's only a 7K difference, just under 7K at 6.9K uh, difference in price. Um, so, I mean, that's that they're much of a muchness. In terms of scoring as well, I think they're much of a muchness. Uh, Blixarves has only really dropped below 105 times this season, one, two, three, four, five. Um, and <clears throat> other than his sort of round three and round one, they've all been uh, sort of... 80s and 90s um, where it has dropped below 100 and otherwise he hasn't really got the ceiling um, and Baker's got a bit of upside as well um, in sort of his role uh, but not not quite as much of the exposed form that Blixarves has. I'd probably almost lean towards Blixarves slightly um, just but very only just um, and May as you said sort of falls down the, the list a little bit um, there. Yeah, May, May's good, but I think his ceiling is around about the 80-odd from from what I can see. He did score a few tons early in the season, um, but, yeah, his ceiling isn't too massive. And I suppose you could probably get away with it as sort of your, your, your D6. Um, alternatively, uh, outside of all this, you could potentially even just hold SDK. Apparently he had a corky on the weekend. That was the main reason why he was a laid out. So he could make his way back into the side. And without Stuart there, 
he could be tasked mm. with more of that interceptor type role, which could elevate his scoring ceiling. So you could potentially hold on to him. His break even is a 60. Um, so it is gettable, but totally up to you. I think uh, Whitfield is about to go up in price. Um, Baker as well, already gone up in price. Blitzar's probably the same and Stephen May as well. So um, crunch time is whether or not you want to make that call. Um, but in your position, I would probably, uh, yeah, bite the bullet and go for go for someone like a Whitfield. Um, but totally up to you. Uh, yeah, next question, cool. Liam, is I'll throw your way. Uh, it's from Freeze at Freeze77. And uh, he says, in uh, in the style of uh, of the segment name, I got to know who are the best D7, M9, R3, F7 buy-ins this week. DPP preferred as well. Not asking for much, am I? A little bit of a laughing, crying emoji there. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a maze of a question there. But I'll throw it to you. <laughs> Thank you. Very kind. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to avoid this question a little bit. I'm going to avoid answering <laughs> this question to an extent. Yeah, um, and that's hard. just, I think it's it's a, it's a quite a wide question. It's hard to answer with any real specifics. At the end of the day, I mean, if you've, like, the best D7, M9, R3, and F7, uh, whoever's in, you know, the, the seventh best averaging midfielder, uh, sorry, the seventh best averaging forward defender, uh, the third best averaging ruck, you know, I mean, in in realistically, that's what you're looking for. But it's going to come down to your team. Um, and it's even then it's defended on other factors other than just your team specifically. Um, I think what I'd be looking for personally is a player that's not necessarily top priced. Uh, they're probably sitting around that 400 to 500 K mark. Um, so they've got that because they've got that, you know, they've got high variance in scoring. So it keeps them a bit lower. So they're a bit more affordable to get in. And as you mentioned, DPP status is really a necessity if you ask me. Um, it's probably hard to pick one from each line. As I said, it is really dependent on so much. It depends on your bank. It depends on how many trades you've got, your current team. Uh, so if you want to hit us up on Twitter, um, if you're looking for some specific guidance, um, just, just do so. We're more than happy to have a look at your team and maybe give you some more <coughs> specific uh, advice. Um, off the top of my head, though, for like an F7, you might be looking at a Heaney. If you've already got him, I wouldn't be trading him in. If you've already had Heaney, looking to bring in a, a, a more genuine F6 and then just have Heaney playing off the bench. Uh, Taranto is another good option, sort of at his yep. price point. Um, Baker's probably a little bit on the more expensive side, but not a bad option. Short again, um, or Ridley, ideal if you've already got them, just move them into your F, uh, your uh, D7 and then play a player in place of them. Cripps as well could be a nice mm. M9. Yep. Um, it, it's hard It's hard to tell. Like it's, it's really dependent on, on your score on your current team um, and who you've got and and what issues you have. Another really good option for those who probably held him is, is Dacos. Um, yep. Very nice and has that DPP status as well. Um, but, yeah, sorry that I'm, I'm probably skirted around your question without answering it. <laughs> um, but it's a little bit hard to, to answer without sort of yep. a few more parameters and some more context around what I can consider. Yep. Yeah, yeah, traditionally you've hit the nail on the head, all those guys. Um, obviously the the ones that, that come to mind first. Stringer, I think you mentioned him potentially. Yeah, Stringer. He's, a, yep. he's another one as well. Like, um, yeah, as you said, guys with high variance in their scores. So, you know, they've got a super low floor, but their ceiling is massive. So like the standard deviation between the high, high score and the lowest score is quite stark. So those are the guys that you want to gamble yeah. on off the bench to be able to loop their scores in essentially. That's probably the main reason why as cover, I think, but also take yeah. advantage of their big scores. 
The benefit is that it's their price is lower because of that high variance. So they yeah. have those shit scores and that keeps their price low. They're not the, you know, 600K um, like a Jordan Dawson. Um, but they have that high variance and so they're getting those high scores. So it is still worth trying to loop them in. Yep. Perfectly said. Makes total sense. Uh, let's move on to um, to oh, one of our one of our favourite listeners in Emperor, mm. um, number one ticket holder we call him um, at Emperor underscore X. Uh, if you don't follow him, do yourself a favour and do so because he provides some uh, good guidance on all things Supercoach when it comes to data analytics, all things related to that. He asks quite simply, Jaden Short, time to punt. So we spoke obviously about him in length earlier in the episode and throughout the whole thing, but it, it, ideally it comes down to how many trades you have left and whether you can afford a luxury trade. And uh, yeah, I think for me, and you're probably of a similar mindset, Liam, that if you have less than, for me, benchmark, have less than four trades. So if you have three trades and less, I would opt against it um, because you just need those trades. I think you almost minimum need three trades for injuries. Um anything less than that and it's like you just you can't afford to be luxury trading sideways trading um primos that are in a bit of a form slump so if you have more than the four trades um i don't mind it but um yeah again much like the previous question comes down to uh where you're at structurally where you're at in terms of trades in hand all that sort of stuff so um yeah factor that in on a needs and uh specific basis uh, according to your team and lineup Mm-hmm. Nailed that one. Now, moving on to the last question. <clears throat> uh, it's from Jay at Joe123ABC123123. Uh, what a password. Which... <laughs> <laughs> we know your password, but we're going to log in now. Oh, come on, Jay. Um, <laughs> Rich, his, his question is Rich and Hall, short Dawson. So his back line is Rich Hall, short Dawson, Lloyd and Hewitt in the team with Dacos as his D seven and he has four trades up his sleeve very nice uh he asked do i let rich sit on the pine for a couple of weeks and use dacos as cover um now i'm just gonna just put this out there whether you trust brisbane's injury report or not i don't know don't really have any opinions on it to be perfectly honest uh but they've said that rich will only is expected to only miss a sunday's clash uh against my mob in the dons um so potentially only missing one week uh based on that with the number of trades you have left with the four, I mean, I'd hold him. I mean, I don't think you need to hold him. Um, four trades is sort of a decent amount at this stage, um, especially looking at your sort of defensive lineup. Um, but Dacos has been in some really good form in recent weeks with scores of 93 and 143 since his buy. Obviously consider potentially this week may be a bit of a downer. Uh, he did play in a, in a wet game, pretty tough. Um, which can make it hard the week after. Uh, but I definitely think even in spite of that, it's worth holding Rich at this stage. Hold on for a week. Uh, Dacos is very decent cover for him at this stage. Um, and then you can hold on to that trade a little bit longer. Yep. Hit the nail on the head there. And especially because he has to deal with Hall as well. So he's got Rich and Hall. So mm. yeah, hands down, trade at Hall, uh, keep Rich. You've only got three trades after the the Hall trade. Um, so yeah, I think you can't really afford to at this stage, if you can hold, do it most definitely. And yeah, like we've been saying, Dacos could potentially be like, he's, he's performing as good as a D6 at the moment. So you're in a really ideal position, uh, where you're at, uh, with coverage there. So hold him if you can with Rich, uh, let's move yes. on to the last segment. And it is 
Group Rankings and the Supercoach Edge Cash League. And uh, let's have a quick look at the Supercoach Edge Group Rankings. And the highest scorer for Round 16 is Tim with Take No Prisoners. And he scored 2,790 and a round rank of 37. Overall rank is 614. So uh, you are gunning it to the top. So well done, Timmy. Overall high scorer, Liam. Who have we got? Is it is it someone new, or is it someone that is um, someone that uh, works in a bakery? They might work at a bakery. I hope they work at a bakery. Um, <clears throat> it is Tyler with his team for ten weeks in a row. Cream pies, cream pies <laughs> is is the highest overall scorer. Uh, in the Supercoach Edge group rankings yet again with a total score of 3,700, <laughs> sorry, 37,199 with an overall rank of 12, which is up six spots. Very nice, Tyler. So we've got Take No Prisoners Cream Pies this week. <laughs> Jesus, ruthless. Ruthless. Or is that Cream Pies Take No Prisoners? <laughs> oh. Oh. Jesus, like you're just kicking down the door of the bakery. Give me all your cream pies. Give me all your gut. <laughs> Walk in like, hold Ooh. up the bakery. All right, this is, stick them up. This is a hold up. I want all your cream pies. <laughs> <laughs> and I must mention like the reference to working in a bakery has got nothing to do with the team name about cream pies or does it? Uh, read into that how you how you want. But uh, if you want to enter the Supercoach Edge group <laughs> of which you can join at any time, uh, even though we tried to put a cap on it, but we can't, we can't close it. So if you want to join, you can do so. Uh, the code is 142059. And um, let's have a quick run through of the winners in the Supercoach Edge Crown League for tier three Patreons, Liam. Yes, the winners in round 16 were yourself, Dame of your team, DJ Tradelot, myself with my team at Church of Parish. Uh, Brett with his team, the Sharpshooters, Scott Arthur with his team, Black on White, and Matthew with his team, Orion. Orion. That always gets me. That I always read it as Ooh. Orion. I don't know. I think it's Orion, as in like yeah. Orion, the constellation, stars. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and I call you Orion because Matthew <laughs> is Emperor, for those of you who don't know. We've outed him. We've oh. doxed him. We've doxed him. <laughs> you don't know who he is, though. Matthew's such an uncommon name. <laughs> You'll easily find him. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's. Poor uh, yeah, poor Emperor. Yeah, he's not Matthew. Matthew's his uh, his alias. His real name mm. is Orion. That's the link. That's Ooh. the. Yeah. So is his teammate it. named Matthew? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Orion with his team Matthew. Um, <laughs> but uh, before we what sign him? off, uh, where can our listeners and viewers find us? Yeah, on YouTube, just search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and subscribe and you'll get to, to watch us in Super HD. Uh, on Twitter, at, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, Damon at, at DamonJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95 and from Facebook and Instagram, search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there and we're on TikTok under Supercoach Edge, I want to say. Yes, yes, we'll go with that. I think you just search Supercoach Edge. <laughs> I don't even know if they're running yeah. with... Um, underscores or anything but yeah if you search us we'll, we'll come up but slowly churning out content when we can but uh you'll mm. find all the sort of same stuff on twitter uh facebook and the like um but that brings us to the end of the episode a bit of a uh, marathon episode because we did mm. a little bit uh, of extra analysis into uh options for hall and uh the like and i think we said last week that hopefully injuries don't strike hopefully you know change of fortunes and 
I don't think it's going to change. I think we just embrace it from now on. Like just hold on to your trades because we know it's just going to come. Like suspensions, injuries, there's no use warding it off. Um, so just 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 ride the wave. Get get on your get on your surfboard, man, and just ride the wave, yeah, man. Into the horizon <laughs> of dreams. Until this stage, I feel like it was all non players that don't generally get injured getting injured. But now you've got like Hall getting re-injured. Ah, that's true. Um, so it's not even like I was like, maybe next year's strategy should be pick all the regular players that are like really injury affected. Yeah. Because like they seem to be not jinxed. And then just pick players that don't do stupid things like punching people or yep. I don't know. Yeah. Running to people, like bump people head high, don't do that. Pushing umpires into other players, into, yeah. into opponent, opponents, into umpires, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and I think I think you're right. So I think the curse is has hit the defense. Mm. So what, what we've said, so we'll see if it continues next week. But um, end of the day, hold into your trades. Don't be silly. Uh, don't make those luxury trades if you can't afford to because you will end up kicking yourself, especially if you are going for leagues. Keep them up your sleeve. Uh, so we'll check in same time next week. We'll catch you then. All the best. See you guys. Good luck. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Undaria Algae Body Oil and Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed powered heroes use skincare level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.